Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's Greg Matzik. Happy day after July 4th to one at all. It is Wednesday, July 5th for all you check writers. Yeah, had to figure out what day it was when I woke up. That's okay. Sign of a good weekend. Sandy Max is here. Bob Brainerd is as well. Tony Cartagena. And Adam Roberts producing the program. July 5th, 1989, the sitcom world was introduced to a stand-up comedian who collaborated with Larry David on a sitcom startup. You might be familiar. Yeah, it wasn't called Seinfeld at the time. Did you know it was called the Seinfeld Chronicles? I did not know that. I did. 1989. I remember watching it. I remember... Pulling up a chair and saying, I've got to watch this show because this guy is funny. Well, and you probably didn't know why you wanted to watch it. Oh, oh no. Of or if you should continue because the initial reaction to the Seinfeld Chronicles were not favorable. In fact, they were awful. NBC decided to go a different direction. So the whole idea behind the show, you know what it became, but it was the chronicles of an entertainer living life as a bachelor in New York City. If you know what happened in the Met game, don't say anything. I taped it. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. This is from episode number one, The Pilot. Now, frequent visitors of Jerry's apartment, we got to know them by first name and first name only at a time, but Elaine was not included in the first four episodes. It wasn't until the Seinfeld Chronicles became Seinfeld that Elaine Bennis was introduced, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. But frequent visitors of Jerry's apartment included... Boy, the Mets blew it tonight, huh? Oh, what are you doing? Kester, it's a tape! I taped the game. It's one o'clock in the morning. Hey, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I thought you knew. Sandy, did you hear what Jerry said? Did he say Kessler? He said Kessler. Kessler. Known to most as Kramer, <laughs> his original name was Kessler. Oh, that's going focus group deep. That I, you, listen. You, what's funnier, Kessler or Kramer? Kramer? Listen very close. Hear where Jerry says it. Boy, the Mets blow it tonight, huh? Oh, what are you doing, Kessler? It's a take. Did you hear it? Kessler, <laughs> it's a take. So Kessler became Kramer, Jerry's best friend, a guy named George who offers sage advice to Jerry, who is expecting the company of a female that night. Filth is good. What do you think, rock stars have sponges and ammonia lying around a bathroom? You think they have a woman coming over? I gotta tidy up? You know, look, in these matters, you never do what your instincts tell you. Always, always do the opposite. July 5th, 1989, ultimately NBC decided, okay, some other focus groups think this might actually work. So they called for a four-episode series to kick off Seinfeld. It was the shortest series in terms of number of episodes ever offered by NBC. They didn't really have a lot of faith in it. And then 180 episodes later, and Seinfeld became just an iconic TV show. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. The it, Seinfeld Chronicles. And then it came full circle. There's, there's a scene, it always does. There's, there's a scene when they're, they're in the diner, and Jerry talks to George about mi- missing a button on his shirt. Okay? That's in episode one of the Seinfeld Chronicles. When they're in the jail cell, the finale, yeah. he does the same thing to George. And he says, is that, is that Button? So they brought that portion. One of the genius aspects of Seinfeld. Everything came full circle. I know Lane Grindle speaks fluent Seinfeld. We'll get his thoughts on Seinfeld, the Seinfeld Chronicles, and David Ross's explanation of those operating the roof at American Family Field. Lane Grindle talks us to join some Brewers baseball after this. Now batting for the Brewers Radio Network, play-by-play announcer Lane Grindle. 
on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. I know it's not an easy job, but there's there's just there's, there's some of the, the pitches that got called today just weren't even close. And so um, it's got to be better. You know, they're closing the roof to get rid of the shadows late. There's a lot of bullshit that went on today that just was really frustrating. I, I, I don't know. I, the manager, David Ross, complaining about the roof operator at American Family Field. I, I don't think he knows this, Bob and Sandy, but Lane Grindle actually has a button next to him. And he is the wow. one who controls the roof. Okay, it's all in your hands. Your your very well educated hands, Lane. You get to control that thing. You know, this is my eighth year with the Brewers, and when I was uh, you know going through the hiring process, one of the real hard line things for me that that just had to be put in the contract was that I got I got to have the final say on the roof. <laughs> so um, I drove a hard bargain. It went my way. And uh, I'm sorry, David. Uh, it did not. I, I'm. I know you were unhappy with me yesterday. Um, we'll try to do better today. <laughs> what is your takeaway from a comment like that, Lane? Um, I. I. You know, I don't know. Um, I, I've thought about it a ton since he made that comment. I think it's a manager that's just, in general, frustrated. Um, yeah, they won yesterday, and that part had to feel good for them. But uh, they've they've had you know some struggles since they got back from London. Um, they had blown leads in each of the first two games of this series. So even though they they came out with the victory and that felt good, I'm sure there were moments before he got tossed where he wasn't feeling so great about how things were going. And so I, I think it's probably just more overall frustration just boiling over and every little thing that may, might have gotten under your skin you're just going to point out in that moment <laughs> so um i you know i i don't make a whole lot of it baseball has this way of everybody kind of just moving on 24 hours later and my guess is that's what will happen maybe not the fans so much today but i think um in terms of the the, the people involved in the game on the field i think everybody will probably just turn the page on both sides Pretty quickly, but I, I was I was a little surprised that he came out and said what he said and how he said it. Yeah, it took me it took me back a little bit. Yeah, I think he, you're, you hit it on the headline. He's he's a frustrated manager. When I look at this this Cubs roster, even coming out of spring training and the expectations, I, I don't know. I mean, were they expected? Are they expected to do better than they're doing right now? Aren't aren't they what they are? And that is a team that's trying to get just to five hundred at the moment. Yeah, I, I like their position player group. I think they have some pretty decent talent in that group, but they've got some major issues from a bullpen standpoint. I mean, they were lucky that Palencia stepped up yesterday, a kid that had a, a plus seven ERA in AAA, and got thrown in a really tough situation, and he pitched well yesterday. Um, but that's what it took for them to win that game. Um, the rest of their bullpen kind of imploded for the second consecutive day. They've got bullpen issues. That team definitely does. They have some really good parts in their rotation. I think they have a overall nice position player group. And so I would think internally in their clubhouse, they feel like they should be better than they've been. And that's probably where some of the frustration comes from. I don't know that anybody had huge expectations that the Cubs were going to go win the Central and contend for a World Series this year. I don't think anybody put that on them. But I think when they look around and, and, and they see the talent in their position player group, probably in their rotation, they probably feel like they should have played better to this point than they have. And I think that might be where some of the frustration comes from. I also think, just to go back to David Ross for a second, I mean, the day before Craig Council managed circles around him, 
And um, David Ross is a good manager. That happens in this game, right? But Craig Council had a near-perfect game in terms of managing that game on Monday. And um, when you're the other manager, that probably gets under your skin a little bit too. I feel like David Ross is embodying the personality of pretty much every Chicago Cubs fan I have encountered. Because back when I was a Milwaukee Brewers game day host, the Cubs... Brewers games were exhausting because Cubs fans were miserable either way. If they lost, they were miserable. And if they won, they would still just want to trash talk, even though if you could point to the scoreboard and go, yeah, but we, you won. Calm down. It, it was just draining. So I just feel that this is misplaced frustration to be this foul-mouthed and angry this early in the game. We're not even to the All-Star break. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he, he did apologize for the language after it. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it, this is where a long season shows up sometimes these types of things, you know, it is, it, it was one of those days for him and he was frustrated, everything boiled over. And I don't know that he had gotten to the point where he cooled off enough where he could enjoy the win they just got because he was probably still fixated on everything that led up to it. So I bet he woke up this morning and felt a lot different about that game. Uh, that's my guess. And I think that just happens in the heat of competition sometimes. And um, it, it wasn't his finest hour for sure. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But I do think he's a good manager. And I think David Ross is, for the most part, respected around the game. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him. And so I'm willing to, you know, move past it. And I'm sure everybody in the Brewers dugout will be too. All right, Lane, time to play a game. Are you ready? I can't wait. Uh, me neither. I'm just kind of making this up on the fly. Uh, simple trivia questions. I can offer multiple yeah. choice if I feel like we may need to direct you and hone in on your answer. But here we go. Four questions. Okay. Ready to rock? Yeah. Okay. Major League Baseball is sometimes also known as A, the biz, or B, the show. That is B, the show. Okay. Ding. Willie Mays' nickname. You're not giving him multiple choice. Oh, I think I think he's Lane got knows it. Know what is Willie Mays's nickname? The Great One. And eh. oh, is it? Say hey, kid. Say hey. Kid. Yes, yes. yes. All right, we'll, 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 we'll allow Lane to say it. <laughs> what was that, Lane? Say hey, kid. Say hey, kid. Correct. Yeah. The ball you got me all nervous. I'm that's sorry. all. That's okay. You got me all, you know, he is the great one. Pressure's Plus, on. Yeah. Pressure's I think, on. I think the great one was Wayne Gretzky, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, the great one is Wayne Gretzky. I, I got nervous. Different sport. Hey, hey, Question number three. The team in Baltimore, their mascot starts with what letter? R for Ravens. No, no, no. No. Can I answer? <laughs> oh, the, oh. The baseball team in Baltimore. Yeah, oh. Their mascot starts with what letter? Oh. Good. And a popular <laughs> summer drink. You might mix it with gin. You might mix it with vodka. You would add a lime to that drink. You would enjoy it on the patio. It is clear in color. A gin or vodka what? A mojito? Mm, go more basic need, than I that. Need, I need multiple choice. On that. Oh, say, so, so a, a club soda. <laughs> I guess you could do that. B, tonic. That's actually the right answer. Or C, mojito. <laughs> well, 
I know it's not C, so B, Sonic. Okay. I think we got what we need, right? <laughs> Tony's nodding his head. Okay, Lane, that's it. You did well. We, we will uh, we'll sort display of. the results. I did not do well. <laughs> did. I did horrible. But, Lane, I'm on your side because Greg started with multiple choice and then bailed on the format. I, I did. So that was confusing. And I, I got so nervous on Willie Mays. And let me tell you why, because that's Jeff Levering's favorite player. And I know he's just shaking his head at me somewhere that I didn't say, say, hey, kid, right out of the gate. Yeah, but so- I got nervous and I froze for a second. We have already emailed Jeff an MP3 of this segment. You will understand why we played. We will understand why we played this game next week. I'll tell you that much. There's a tease. Why did we play this game? We'll find out next week. Thank you, Lane. All right, sounds good. 429 and WTMJ. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Oh, summer is finally here. It's time now for Travel Wisconsin on Wisconsin's Afternoon News, sponsored by TravelWisconsin.com. Our chance to connect with the Travel Secretary, Ann Sayers. Hello, Ann. Did you have a great Fourth of July? Oh, you know it. How about you? It was wonderful. We have finally flipped to July. To me, that means we are in the heart of our Wisconsin summer. We are in it, and we have a jam-packed schedule of events to get to this month. What about if you like automobiles? This is one of a kind. So you can experience one of America's greatest auto events at the Iola Car Show and Swap Meet. The small community of Wapaka actually grows exponentially by tens of thousands who trek up to Wapaka County between July 6th through 8th for this show. It's more than 2,500 cars will be on display for all of us to marvel at. The vehicles span the decades. So you're going to see early model productions from the 1930s, iconic models from the 50s, modern cars with some customized flair. There's also thousands of spaces for vendors that will be selling vintage car parts or swapping cars. The entire event is described as a sensory experience. So the vehicles keep your eyes looking from one visually stunning car to the next. They're going to be surrounded by the smell of cheese curds, grills, rubber, and cars. And for some, seeing a car from their childhood is just going to bring back that flood of good memories. It'll be a good time. And we're always familiar with the Wisconsin State Fair in, uh, Fair in southeast Wisconsin. We'll be broadcasting there. But there's another great Wisconsin State Fair in the northern part of our state. There, that's right. And it's a big one. So you can head up to the Chippewa Falls in mid-July and celebrate the 125th anniversary of the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. It's between July 12th and the 16th. You're going to experience all the sights, sounds, and smells of a state fair combined with that small-town charm of Chippewa Falls. It's a jam-packed schedule over the five days. There's entertainment for the kids. There's pig, duck, and goat races, livestock (laughs) shows, performers. That sounds really fun. You'll also be able to sing along to great live music on the main stage. Acts this year include Come Sail Away With Me, rock band Styx, and hip-hop artist Nelly. The Northern Wisconsin State Fair has a lot to offer for a memorable visit, including a midway that's full of rides, food vendors serving that, those fair staples, and an exhibition hall to check out. And from fair to fire, Anne, I thought I had heard of pretty much every like cultural festival in Wisconsin, but the Midwest Fire Fest sounds really cool. I know. I'm so excited about this one. So you can celebrate the artistry of fire at the Midwest Fire Fest. It's in Cambridge on the weekend of July 22nd to the 23rd. This festival is kind of like part art fair, part maker's fair, part music festival. And it's centered around all things created with fire, heat, and smoke. So that includes clay, metals, arts, hot glass, food, 
and performances. You'll find several artists holding demonstrations on how fire and heat can transform materials into artwork. And the festival attracts artists to display their work from across Wisconsin and surrounding states. And one of the top attractions of the Midwest Fire Fest is the firing of a seven-foot clay sculpture that will be revealed to festival attendees. So you got to be there for it. You're also going to find food, fire dancers, and smoking hot music all weekend long. And finally, let's head to Oshkosh, the EAA. is such a magical time. Uh, if you love airplanes, this is the destination likely in the world, right in Oshkosh. That's exactly right. We're so lucky here in Wisconsin to have this one. Oshkosh is home to America's high-flying festival, EAA AirVenture. It is the largest experimental aviation event in the entire country. More than 2,000 airplanes are on display. Thousands more aircraft actually fly in just to attend the event each July. And the event is so popular that the control tower at Whitman Regional Airport, which hosts the EAA AirVenture, temporarily becomes the busiest one in the whole world. You're going to discover vintage airplanes, home-built aircraft, seaplanes, so much more. EAA AirVenture also offers airplane and helicopter rides, aerobatic stunt shows, and other activities. Join more than 600,000 spectators for EAA AirVenture when the festival takes off between July 24th through the 30th. And we're going to be broadcasting live from EAA, I know, on July 28th. So we will be right in the heart of it all. Really cool stuff, Ann. Start your summer getaway by visiting TravelWisconsin.com. So many tips and great places to visit across our state. This heart of summer is upon us. And we appreciate your time. We'll check in again next week. Here we go. Thank you. So remember former Brewers General Manager Doug Melvin? Yeah. So he was a Canadian citizen, and I'd say about six years ago, I saw him in the press box at Venn Miller Park, and he was going the next day to take his U.S. citizen's test. So he was applying to become a U.S. citizen. Okay, voting rights, all that kind of stuff that comes along with it. And I also rec- I remember asking him, was it easy? He was like, well, you got like 100 questions, and they only ask you 10, then you only have to get six right. So to me, that he made it seem like, no, it was not very difficult at all. Just a, a very rudimentary, basic level of understanding and studying, and you can get this done. Now, I'm also reminded of when Jay Leno used to do the jaywalking thing, mm-hmm. walking around the street and trying to figure out, like, okay, who is the uh, you know speaker of the house? And nobody would get the right answer, and it was put together in this mashup, and it would show that Americans aren't tuned into what's going on. I don't know how well-tuned I am. <laughs> Nor I. But seeing as it's the 5th of July, we just celebrated our country's independence, I thought, why not involve our producer, Tony Cartagena, to try and figure out if Sandy Max, Bob Brainerd, and myself, Greg Matzik, are worthy of being U.S. citizens. Some of you are. Okay. I would so, say this is also oh, no. a pop quiz. Uh, it is this a pop quiz. This was not the, if you were really trying to get your immigration status. Sandy's nervous about her test okay. scores over there. She's already <laughs> making excuses. I'm real. Are you going to deport any of us, Tony, if we don't? I don't know if you have that authority. Uh, I'll, let's just say a, a brief preview. Someone in this room would not be granted citizenship based oh, on no! the results of this oh, exam. Boy. So we started off oh, pretty, boy. actually, honestly, all these questions were hard. I would not have passed. So walk us through the method you of your madness, because we all have the same questions, right? Yes, you guys all had the same questions. During the break, I asked you to fill out the exam. I graded them. I even got my red pen like an old school teacher okay. and went through all of them based on uh, the exam we found online has the acceptable answers. Um, so, okay, so online, there are the 100 questions. Yep. But if we were to sit down to take this exam, we'd only be asked 10. Yes. And then we have to get six correct. Six correct. Okay. And then you can stay. 
Um, remember, these are worded, too, and a lot of people taking this exam, English is not their first language, obviously. Good point. So that's important to keep in mind. First question was, before he was president, Eisenhower was a general. What war was he in? Sandy, you said World War One. Bob had the same answer. Greg was correct with World War Two. So 0 for 1. one for two. I was going Whatever 2, but he was president in the 50s. That's why I was like, well, was he? So I should have went 2, but we should have gone with my gut. During the Cold War. What was the main concern of the United States? All of you were like kind of right here, which is why this is confusing. Sandy, you said nuclear war with Russia. Bob, yeah. you said Russia. Greg, you said communist Russia. Communist Russia was on the list of acceptable answers. Yeah. So I feel like Bob and Sandy are there. Uh, they yeah. got the red check mark. You got Russia. It that's, was not on the list. What the Cold War was not on the list of acceptable answers. Got to give you the red check. Russia? I said Russia. You know what Russia means. <laughs> the uh, the next one was name one U.S. territory. You guys all got that right. Uh, Greg said Guam. Two of you said Puerto Rico. Uh, There's a couple acceptable answers on that one, including uh, American Samoa and the Virgin Islands. Okay. Question four. How many amendments does the Constitution have? Sandy, would you write down? Well, you have it in your hand. I said 26. <laughs> Why not? Very close. Bob, you said 20. Greg was right again with 27. Oh, 27 I amendments it by that much. Uh, in the Constitution. Who's in charge of the executive branch? I believe you guys all got this one right with the president. Uh, this next one had some controversy. We elect a U.S. senator for how many years? I thought it was two. Sandy, you had six. Bob, you had unlimited. Right. Greg, you had two. The correct answer is Sandy with six. <sighs> Screwed up. Uh, and then uh, who does a U.S. senator represent? Sandy, you had a state's constituents. Bob had his state. And then, Greg, you had uh, the residents of that state. Uh, all correct. It's just the people in the okay. state. Okay. All right. Yep, so we are good, good there. Uh, who's commander-in-chief of the military? I believe we were 100% there with the president. Feels like that's a safe answer for a lot of who's in charge <laughs> questions. <laughs> Throw uh, the big guy up. The idea of self-government is in the first three words of the Constitution. What are these words? Greg will give it to you for that one. We the people? We the people. Yes. 100% by yes, all nicely done. I was like, here. I we the people. Hey, right. that's a great answer. Good job, everyone. Yeah. And then the final question the was, when was the Constitution written? I kind of guessed here. I have answers of 1876, 1776, and 1787. I wrote down 1787 because I I thought it was not 1776 because that's, well, it, that's would seem, it would seem very polished to have it all yeah. wrapped up together in 1776. Uh, so a little bit behind the scenes when the tests were handed out, Greg finished first, and then he even raised his hand and said, I finished my exam first, to which the producer booth all yelled harmoniously, nerd. Okay. But you were correct with 1787. <laughs> oh, really? well, that's, that that's a guess. Uh, so if you were keeping well score at home, Greg, you finished with 90%. I feel good about that. Hey. What's Sandy, the one thing you, can you stay. didn't get? Uh, the, the Senate terms? Yeah, the, uh, we oh, elected U.S. Senator for seven. how many years? You said two. The answer was six. Okay. okay. Right. Something uh, is two. I screwed up. But something is two. Uh, Sandy, you had six out of ten. Oh, I just made it. Which is the baseline for, uh, for citizenship. My fellow American. My parents would be embarrassed for me, but Bob, that's okay. It's been real. Oh, man. Five out of ten. Missed it by that I much. call it bogus. This <laughs> test is it's not well, it's accurate. Like it, it's like the ACT. You can take it again, right? For I, a better score? I have to, yeah. I need to study. I need to bone up here. Yeah, not great. Not great. But not if great. it was baseball, you're a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Baseball. Let's, rock let's solid. do sports. So you can find the 100 questions online. Test yourself. Have some fun. You want to have a fun time on a Friday night? Get wild. Get $30 of uh, <laughs> Chinese food or pizza. Get weird and print out the U.S. Citizens Test. What about a test is fun? <laughs> 
what we just did. It's 4.56 at WTMJ.